You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Whitecamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And on each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. In today's episode, we're going to meet my wonderful co-host, Bobby Lind, and learn about why she is known as the data-driven copywriter. But before we get into that, hey, Bobby. <laughs> Why uh, Why did we decide to like get together and do this crazy podcast idea? Oh, man. That's a funny story. That started at uh, Copy Chief Live, actually. It did, uh, where didn't we, it? Where we, yeah, where, where we, both, we both met each other. And man, we, we hit it off pretty well, didn't we? We did. It's very funny. Bobby remembers how we met. I have absolutely no recollection. And after I went home, I was racking my brain trying to remember exactly how the story plays out. Uh, but it was really funny, right? After the event, we went to dinner with a group of wonderful, wonderful women who are also fantastic copywriters who we'd all met uh, at this event because it was our first time for all of us. And we're at dinner. And Bobby and I were talking, right? We're, we're having some great fun introducing each other, going off on tangents about historical inaccuracies and popular historical fiction movie shows. Yes. And, oh, the banter. The banter was great. And she's regaling us with the wonders of scotch and how to make it smell pleasant, even though it still tastes horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's your opinion only. Sidebar. <laughs> uh, sidebar, every other person at that table made a face as well. Not just me, just saying. <laughs> It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. Right. And at the end, uh, amazingly enough, uh, one of the other people at our table was like, you know, we've just listened to you guys talk for like 45 minutes, to which I'm about to like start apologizing profusely. I didn't realize we had like been dominating the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, they, they'd reached out and said, you guys have a really decent, you, you know, you guys actually have a pretty good personality together. You should totally do a podcast. And instead of taking it for the joke, which I'm sure it was intended to, we're all like, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and ta-da, now you have chatting and with copywriters. <laughs> and now we're doing chatting with copywriters. So moving on, today we're going to get to know our little, a little bit more about our special co-host, Bobby Lind, who is a copywriter and marketer extraordinaire and one of my very good friends. So uh, just to get started a little bit, Bobby, why do you need a copywriter? Tell me why a business should consider hiring a copywriter. Uh, you know, you get too close into what you're doing with your business, right? And the closer that you are, the more involved you are, the harder it is to see what you're good at and what makes you unique and Sometimes even how you can, how you serve your customers different from your competition. And so a copywriter comes in and is very, uh, you know, the good ones, the ones that you don't get off of some of the cheaper rate websites will do the research that is needed uh, to figure out who you are, why you're in the business that you're in, and can pull out some of those really awesome stories that help you sell your product or services to who it is that you're that, that you're trying to attract. All right. So basically, a lot of business owners, they're really deep into who they are and what they do. They know exactly how they can help people, but they're a little too close to talk to it, to, to talk about it to new people, to new people who maybe don't know about them, who don't know about their products. And the best way for you to reach out and help more people is to find someone who can give you that 
360 or 10,000 foot view, right? Yeah. Sometimes the best way to learn about even what it is that you provide and really get that true and succinct way of stating it is to bring somebody who's outside of the business. It's why a lot of businesses hire consultants to help fix problems. Because when you're in the daily grind doing what you do best, whether that is build your product or you know provide the service to your clients, customers, patients, whatever you want to call them, you're so busy doing that, that turning around and marketing yourself and getting those words right so that people want to buy from you becomes very difficult. And that in and of itself is its own specialization, which is why you reach out to copywriters, marketers, advertisers, and those types of people to help you build that message. So I know that you've done work in a lot of different industries and gotten some really big wins for your clients. So can you tell me a little bit about your one of your big wins, the industry they're in, and what exactly you did for them. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my most recent wins, which is a really fun one for me to talk about, is for one of my doctors uh, as, a, as a client. Well, he's not my doctor. He's a doctor. <laughs> and um, so he has his practice, which is very separate from what I actually work on. He runs a website on the side that helps people understand gluten sensitivity and um, sells them products and information to help them live a better life when they're dealing with gluten sensitivity. And so he wanted to have a, he had a new product and he's getting ready to put it out. And so he was talking to me about this on one of our, our weekly calls. And I said, you know, you can pre-sell that. And he said, yeah, that's a thing. And I'm like, absolutely. That's a thing. So he has an email list. That's really fun to split test with because it's a large enough email list that, that you get really relevant data. And, and I wrote an email for him. I wrote a single email for him to talk about the pains that people with gluten sensitivity have when dealing with finding, you know, this, the, the products that are out there or even creating, you know, and, and cooking their own stuff. And so I wrote the email. It was very, it was story-based to start, but then went really into why they needed this product. And, oh, by the way, this product is coming. I'm so excited about it that I'm telling you about it six weeks early. So here's where you get it. Single email went out. He had a 30% open rate, a 7% click-through rate, which is unheard of. His normal click-through rate is about 2%. So do the math on that one. That's a pretty interesting jump in click-through rate on a single email. And we pre-sold 50% of his available product with one email. Wow, that is a six, huge yes. win. Six weeks before the product even comes out. So any, you know, the follow-up emails can be very simple. Look, 50% of the product is already gone. We already have to go back to the manufacturer and make more of this before we've, you know, before it's even on sale, get in on it now, or you will have to wait type thing. I mean, those types of emails become very powerful and very strong. Yeah, it's got that social proof. It's got a great story built in. And it also is a great way for you to qualify your list and see how interested they are in something new like that. Oh, absolutely. That is a huge win for your clients. So congratulations on that. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> so uh, speaking of email sequences, what is your favorite type of project and why? You know, I really like the sales emails, but you can't just do sales emails. Um, 
You know, when you have a list, you have to provide them value, 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 value. That's where those sales emails, when they come in, become very powerful. Um, There's a lot of gurus out there that'll tell you, oh, you can just sell. You can just sell, sell all the time. And I get some of those emails and you want to know what? They go right into a little folder that says, when I feel like spending money, click here. (laughs) And then I do. And I go and I'm like, okay, so what are these guys selling today? Because that's how I feel about those email lists. They're constantly selling, selling, selling. Um, You know, but there's a lot of other people that are out there that'll say, you know, provide value. I can't tell you what the right ratio is of sales emails to value emails. Only your market can actually tell you that information. They will say, you know, they'll, they'll either buy when you sell or they'll just delete the email. So your market will tell you where that is. A good rule of thumb, at least from a basic starting point, is no more than one sales email per four emails of value. That's at least a place to start, and then you can adjust from there based on your market feedback. But I really love to be close to the sale. The closer to the sale that I write, the more excited I get. And when you start getting results, like we send out one email and we pre-sold 50% of the product, you know, those are the types of things that really get me jazzed and going. And the, you know, and it can be a service, right? So if you have a new service that's out there, or you just want to take your email list and then pitch your services again, those types of emails are very fun to write and what I really enjoy the most. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like the point you made about uh, value versus selling because I've, I myself have dealt with so many people who are like, oh, but I, I need to start making money from my list right now. I was like, well, have you given them a reason to even open your emails in the first place? I don't care how great that email is. If you haven't built that relationship, they're not going to open it. And absolutely. Well, and not, not only that, so same doctor, because I've been working with him for, for quite some time. When, when we first started working together, his email list was opening at a 10% open rate. That is, that's, that's horrible. Um, you, you hit some really bad algorithms on Google's side and Yahoo's side where they go, oh, only 10% of the people that you send to want to open your emails. And that decreases your deliverability. Or you get put into Google's promotion tab, which is a place that a lot of marketers or businesses get stuck because they don't provide value. They just sell, sell, sell. And so when I started working with him, I pulled out First of all, I said, okay, you only have 10% of your people that are opening your emails. So let's pull all the people that are opening your emails, which means they know that you're sending to them. They know who you are. They know the type of information that you're giving. So we pulled all of that out. And this is a great tip for anybody, by the way, if they are getting super low open rates, pull all those guys out, however many that is, or gals, right? However many that is on your email list, that's your true email list size. So for example, if you've got 180,000 people on your email list and only 20,000 of them are opening your emails, that's your true email size. Pull out and start sending to those guys regularly. Because what you'll do is number one, your open rates will skyrocket overnight. And that's what happened, right? So we pulled out all of the people that had opened his emails in the last 10 that he had sent and created it's that our own list out of that. 
And that's who he hits weekly. We went from a 10% open rate to a, on average, 28% open rate overnight. Okay, that's better than a 180% increase in open rates overnight by just sending to the people that we know regularly open his emails. So you do that enough, you start to get a better, um, you start to rank better in even Google's algorithm. Then you send once a month to your larger list, and we've started to see it creep from 10%, 11%, 15%, 17%. So even his main list now is opening up about 17%. We're not quite there to where I'd like him to start sending to the main list more and more often. I'd like to see that up into the into the mid-20s before we really start sending to that massive list. But already we're starting to see an increase. And then I go back. If they open up the, that email when we send to the massive list, they get added into the other email of the other list of, hey, we constantly open. And so he grow, we grow that naturally based on everybody that opens. And so that's one of the techniques that you can use to actually use the algorithm for you instead of against you and banging your head by sending, I must send to all of my people. Segmentation, right? You got yes, segment segmentation. Segmentation is the name of the game when it comes to basically any type of marketing. You know, the best lead magnet in the world is only going to resonate with percentage of your audience, and that's kind of who you want to send to. Awesome. All right, so you've you've done some really great things for your clients. You've gotten some amazing results with email. What is the process of working with you? So if I'm a new client, I come across your wonderful, amazing site, and I'm like, oh, I need to hire Bobby. Exactly. Uh, what what what's that look like for a first time project? What's it look like to work with you? Well, first time projects we really do only on project basis, right? I'll tell everybody that they have the option of putting me on retainer, and they do, but never for a first time project. Um, I'd like we like we like to know that we can work together. It's a you know, do we work well as a team? Because that's really what you're getting when you get a copywriter is you're getting n as close as you can to a business partner without actually giving away half of your company, right? Because a copywriter really, a good copywriter really wants to see your business succeed. It's one of the best partners that you can have. So what we do is I start out with um, an introductory call. We get, you know, this is where I get to know a little bit more about you and your business. What is it that you want? What are you looking for? And how can I help you? Now, copywriting is what I do. It's what I enjoy, but I also come with an awful lot of experience with marketing and advertising. And so you get the whole package, not just a, oh, I'm only going to focus on copywriting. If there's other ways that I see that we can help and work and grow your business, we can do that, whether that's funnels, sales pages, long form sales copy, short form sales copy, updating your website. There's so much there. But um, one of the best ways to really start is just, you know, pick a project and let's work on it. So you start with the introductory call. Um and that's just really, do we, can we get to know each other enough to then work with each other? Am I comfortable talking to you? Are you comfortable talking to me? Can I get to know who you are a little bit? From there, if you decide to move forward and work with me after all of the um, project scope, scope of work, contract, all that stuff gets out of the way, I start research because I need to know who you are on a deeper level. I need to know your company what they do, what services do they offer, what products do they provide. I need to understand your product. If it is if it is a product, I need access to it. 
If it's an expensive product, I only need access to it for a little while so that I can interact with it, get to know it, and understand it. If it's not if it's not expensive or if it's affordable enough that you can just send me a sample, great, right? But I need to have access with it. If it's an online content product, I need to interact with it as well because I need to get in and get that marketing information. I need to understand what it is that you're selling. Then I do the research into your customer. Who is your, who are your customers? Who do you want to be your customers? What do they want? What do they desire? What do they say to themselves? I do the research to really understand them so that we can talk to them like we're reading a page right out of their diary. Once I've got the research done, then it's down to the writing. You know, um, I'll provide you what I consider the first draft. You take a look at it and then we can go back and forth on making sure that your voice, the voice that you're trying to portray for your company is correct. The information you're trying to provide is correct. And yet we also still want to make sales. So there's going to be a little bit of balance. I'm going to defend the copy that I send to you, but ultimately it's your business right? And so if you don't want to use a particular phrase, we can work with that and try and figure out what's a better way to say that so that you're comfortable, but we also can make the sales. Um, And after that, we wrap up the project. That's usually what goes through. You know, I do up to three revisions on almost everything that I send out. Um, I say up to, some people don't need revisions. Some people like to have that that number of revisions. So I do up to three in the in the pricing that I do, but I'm a data person. So if you come back at me and say, this only converted at this because you've tested it, I like to beat my own stuff, right? I like to I like to always do better. But I'm 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 data oriented like that. So awesome. So it sounds like you've got a nice process laid out so that people know when they, they start to work with you, they're not going to come across uh, what, uh, you know, there's that common stereotype. Oh, if I work with an outside person, they're not going to show up, they're not going to deliver. Uh, and that's usually because these people don't necessarily have a process in place, but you've got your process in place, you know how to work with each other. And you let your clients know up front, this is exactly how it works. And that's why you do that, that one project to get started, just to make sure that everything works out well before moving on to a longer term commitment. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a, a good majority of my clients have come back. Some of them are happy to do project basis, and I, I'm happy with that as well. Um, I've had quite a few repeat clients. That's always a good thing, right? When you start with one project and then you never see them again, you wonder. But um, the, 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 the best opportunity, you know, the best clients for me are the ones that are actually going to test what I write for them because that's where they're going to find out what value I bring to the table, which is why I really enjoy being as close to the sale as possible. Well, that's a wrap. And thanks for tuning in to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters. We hope you found it both useful and entertaining. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, and you can learn more about me at TravelIndustryCopy.com and my wonderful co-host. I'm Bobby Lind, and you can learn more about me at ConversionHacker.com. Check us out at ChattingWithCopywriters.com to view past episodes and look at the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review or rate us on your favorite podcast service like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss out on future episodes of Chatting with Copywriters.